Patricia Grace. Writer Patricia Grace was recognised for her contribution to the arts at Creative New Zealand's Te Wakatoi Awards in Rotorua. Her family and friends, most who had travelled from Wellington, performed the haka Kamate, composed by her ancestor Te Panaha. The event was hosted at Te Pākira Marae at Whakariwarewa Rotorua. The dining hall, Hero Aroha, was transformed into a banquet hall, fitting for the annual event that honours esteemed Māori artists. Tonight on Te Ahika, I'm with Ngāti Toa, Ngāti Raukawa and Te Atiawa writer Patricia Grace. Thanks to the whānau for being here and for your support. Um, they've got a waiata. Uh, it's a Ngāti Toa waiata, composed by Hera Kātene Hova, known to us as Auntie Dovey. She wrote a lot of waiata for uh, Māwai Hākuna in the early days. She told us that although she couldn't speak Māori, she was able to compose waiata in Māori. Um, but she also couldn't write Māori and she couldn't read or write music. So what she did, when the muse was upon her, she'd sing her new composition over and over to get it into her head and then she'd teach it to others. But if there was no one to teach it to, she would take the first line from a popular song like You Are My Sunshine or Beethoven's Fifth or something like that and she would join her new composition onto it and that line from the old song would jog her memory until it was all learned. And once the new song was learned, she could get rid of that memory aid. Oh, kia ora koutou. Tēnā tātou koutou. Patricia has long been a stable part of New Zealand literature, from children's books, novels, short story collections to the non-fiction novel Ned and Katina. Since her early 20s, while raising a young family in Auckland, she took pen to paper and, as they say, the rest is history. Her earlier articles were published in the New Zealand Listener and Te Hau. Her work has been described as expressive of Māori consciousness and values. Her first work, Waiariki, a collection of short stories, was published in 1975. 
Since then, Patricia Grace has forged a career as one of the country's celebrated and revered authors, whose unique perspective about Māori life has earned her a swathe of national and international awards. I sat down with her recently to talk about her life. She begins here explaining her iwi and hapu links. Ko Ngāti Tua, Ngāti Raukawa, Te Ateawa, Ngā Iwi, Hongoweka te marae. Oh, well, I live in Hongoweka Bay in Plymouthton. We have our marae there, uh, our whare nui and complex and so forth. And it's on Ngāti Tua land, um, but it's also on, and also on my ancestral land. So um, it's a community of um, our relatives, you know, people who have common ancestry. And um, so it's Ngāti Tua land, but, um, but we are also Te Ateawa and Ngāti Raukawa. You've been there for years. Ah, uh, yes, Plymouth we have been there for quite a long time. Yes, yes. and uh, how long have you lived in Plymouthton for now? Probably 40 years, or maybe a little bit more. Um, but we, before that, we were away in different parts of the North Island. Mm. Does your environment... I mean, it's beautiful in Hongoweka. You've got the, the marae there, and it looks out to the ocean. And Is that at all an inspiration for your writing? I think everything can be, you know. Um, I've used the setting in some of my work, um, especially in Portiki in the case of, um, of Hongoweka. But it is a peaceful place, you know, to, to work in. You've been a recipient uh, of many literary awards over the past um, you know, few decades. But this year in Purirua, a, a three-metre-high sculpture of sorts was basically erected in your honour, and it features a few words from your novel, Pōtiki. How did, that, how did that feel in your own hometown, so to speak? Yes, well, that, I think the idea um, of it and the other sculptures that will eventually um, be part of uh, Writer's Walk there... Uh, the idea of it was to um, have something there to, uh, I suppose, honour um, writers. So it's a writer's walk. And it begins with Te Rangi Hayata, who, who did some, you know, who composed, who was a composer. Who was a composer. Ah, uh, yes. So there's a, um, there's a, a carving just at the beginning opposite Ngāti Tōa Marae, just on the waterfront, and then my one's next. It's not a cut, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a pole. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. With the cordial there on, the, on yeah. a lower. I wrote the cordial down. Morning came slowly, giving outline to the sea and hills, patterning the squares of houses, moulding the rocks, the power poles and the low scrub. That's yes, I think they are trying to find quotes that... Um, Describe Porirua in some way. So they chose that one. This year at the New Zealand Book Awards, Fitzi Tera, her book about the haka, kamate, composed by Tero Paraha, took out the Children and Young Adults Te Kura Ponamu Award. Creative New Zealand's Te Waka Toy Awards, an annual event, celebrates Māori who have made a significant contribution to the arts. Previous recipients include the late writer Rore Harpapi, master carver Hekenukumai Busby, and opera singer Dame Kiri Tekanawa. How did you feel when you first found out that you were re- receiving this tohu? Terrified. 
Mm. <laughs> I said to Honey Cor, give it to one of them. He said, oh, you all say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you have won so many awards. Um, how does this tohu compare to others? Or? I don't really like to compare them. You know, it doesn't seem quite the right thing to do. But this one certainly, to be among my peers, is is very, very important and lovely. From her acceptance speech on the evening of the awards, Patricia talked about how she develops her characters. The first thought is always about characters, who who's going to tell the story. And they might be based on people you know or people you've come across, but they don't remain that person. You build them so that they're somebody different from who you started out with, somebody who suits the story that you want to tell. Old now, these bones, and one leg with a stick to help it. Old now, he sits, this old one with his stick, on the beach, and the agar about him all spread to dry. It is good, the stick, to turn the spread agar and to poke the ashes round the big camp oven. She makes the camp oven bread, my daughter, in the morning early, early, as did the mother before her. Good bread, this of the camp oven, and the work of this old one to poke the ashes and turn the spread agar with the stick. Too old now these bones and this leg for the work of young days. And so they go, those of young days, to collect the agar from the sea, while this old one he tends the fire and with the stick turns the agar to dry. A snippet from the short story Hootia's Rock, published in 1969. Who are some of those people that you have looked up to in your career? Fellow writers or fellow artists? Um, I think it's more my own elders, you know, my own whanau, and um, the aunties and uncles and parents and grandparents that I've been brought up amongst, who always communicated with us when we were children. I think especially the uncles, you know. Um, I think they were the ones who have been very close to me and who are inspiring in the way they talk, the, the things they say, the things they do, the fun they had, you know, the guitar parties, yes. all that stuff. And um, But also certainly... You know, knowing these other the, the people that you've just mentioned, that has been inspirational as well. When Kerry Carr was in Wellington, and when we went to Teachers College mm. with um, Liz Hunkin, and later on meet, meeting Pretty, yes. So it's just really good to know that people are working in their own way in their own fields, and that you're kind of part of that in some way. Yeah. Also, oh, you were all f mates from yes. Teachers College. Yes, yes, we've known each other. I didn't know Pity earlier on, but I've known him since. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing how you all keep to what you your careers? Have yes. 
Her novel, Two, was published in 2004. It tells the story of a young Māori man, Two, who joins the Māori battalion with his brothers Peter and Rangi. Patricia's father joined the 28th Māori battalion reinforcements in 1944. At the time, she was just seven years old. Rimini and Benedict, you didn't deserve ill humour and rebuff, and I had no right to send you off with empty hearts when all you were asking was to get to know your father. Father is what you said. You probably think I'm still a bit loony. It's probably true. After you'd gone, I kept thinking about my war notebooks. Everything I could tell you more than I could ever tell you about your father is contained in them. It wasn't war that interested you, you said, unless there were matters to do with soldiering that were relevant to you getting to know him. I've tossed and turned about whether I should pass the diaries on to you because I never meant them to be read by anyone else, not only because there are details in them that none of us ever speak about, but also because I didn't want anyone to know the truth about what really happened to me. Can you talk about your writing process and what that looks like today? Well, today is a bit different from what it has been when I was, um, you know, working kind of day in and day out all day on novels and things like that. Was it like a nine to five? Uh, Almost, say a, a nine to three or four anyway, um, but also the thinking and the processing and, and all that that went on. These days, um, you sort of can't really keep that up. And I think these days I'm gone by lunchtime, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But you can certainly churn out the work. I mean, your last novel, Chappie, that was yes. released. How long did, you, did it take for you to write that? Oh, well, it was not typical, really. I came to this country in the first place needing to piece myself together, hoping there could be attachments. By 21 years of age, I'd lived in several countries before returning with my mother, father and sister to Switzerland, where I was born. When Chappie came out, it was advertised as my first novel for 10 years. Yeah, it was. Yes, which, is, which was true, but I had written a, um, an, a biography in, in that time too, Ned and Katina, that was a work of, non, um, a work of non-fiction. Um, and I had started on Chappie and was almost really through it, you know, through through the writing of it, or at least a first draft anyway, when my mum became ill. So um, it's, it wasn't typical because I didn't have... Uh, I, I wasn't writing on it all the time. And writing. then you came back to it months later? Yes, even a couple of years later because then my husband fell ill. So, you know, 
I had more important things to do than finishing my novel. <laughs> when you look at your work, um, Patricia, um, what do you think has been the key to your success? Sorry to sound cliché. I think writing was something that I really took to, uh, that I, once I started I knew that I was going to keep on doing it. And I think really it's just making up your mind to do it and working really hard. I think yeah. that's the key to it. Is it <laughs> and is doing the... a lot of reading and, you know. Yeah. Mm. Talking about reading, who are your favourite authors? What do you read? What do I read? Oh, it's a bunch of things, really. At the moment I'm reading Witehe Midas, Māori boy, um, his set of memoirs, but um, all the... The material, the books that come out by New Zealand writers, or just something I pick up and think I'd like to read. You know, it's no rhyme or reason, really. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when you get ideas for um, novels, Patricia, is it is it via you writing in a journal, or something that sparks no. a memory, or something that sparks an idea, really? Yes, and I'll work on that and see where it takes me, really. So have you had have you had, have you got any unfinished works in the pipeline? Like you know, things that. Well, this is the first time in my life where I've had more than one thing going at once. I usually like to finish something, and then um, when I've done that, I'll go to something else. But at the moment, I've got a couple of short stories that I've written, so that means that I want to write more short stories so that I can form an anthology. I'm working on. Dick's memoirs but for the children, you know, to put them together. Um, Just for the kids and not published? or For the kids. We'll see what they want, if they want anything more done with, with whatever it turns out to be. But he did interviews, you know, so putting all that together. And That um, must be hard. Hmm? Was that hard? You know? Yes, it, it was, but um, I'm very... I'm very anxious to get it done and for it to be there for the for the children and grandchildren. And um, it's it's about his childhood and about it's really about those days that have probably gone now, you know. And so it's really interesting to me um, to be putting them together. And um, I'm just interested in what the reaction is going to be to them. I think it's going to be really positive, you know, really heartfelt. Because mm. I remember when I interviewed um, Rowley Habib or Rore yes. mm. and I asked him, I said, do you have any works that are unfinished? And he says, oh, yes, yes, I'm working on my memoirs. And I said, oh, will it be published? He goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> so he, I mean, for men such as Rowley Habib to have a piece of work that perhaps well, I would love to read, New Zealand would love to read, I found that quite, I don't know, surprising in a sense, given that he was such a public persona and a writer. Yes. Yes, but I remember Rowley from way back when he, he, used, to, he used to write and he'd perform his poetry and, and he more or less said, oh, I don't ever want to publish a book, you know, and I think that he stuck with that, really. Everyone else wants him to, wanted him to. Yeah. He wasn't that keen on it. 
So do you, when you write, Patricia, do you write with an audience in mind? Or no, you... I don't. Um, I think that, that I, know, I know people running workshops say, oh, you have to know who you're writing for and, and all that, but I really don't. I write for readers, whoever will read, you know. I don't direct it at any one group or one. Oh, when I'm writing for children, well, I know that's for children, but um, I like to be free to just write in the way that I want to write and hope people will read it, you know. I suppose it would be important to me, um, you know, some say, do I write for Māori, do I write for Pāga? Mm. I write for readers, but if Māori were to say, oh, I don't relate to that material or, you know, that's a lot of rubbish, well, I probably wouldn't keep going, you know. But I have had good feedback from Māori readers, so um, that's important to me. In terms of travelling, have you travelled recently overseas with your writing? Uh, I have travelled quite a lot in the past, you know, to, especially to Europe, also to Tahiti, because one of my publishers is in Tahiti. Um, do you take the children with you? Or? No, Dick always came with me. Oh. I'm not so keen on going anywhere now because he just loved to travel. He loved it much more than what I did. Oh, really? Yes. So any time I got an invitation to go somewhere, he'd say, oh, well, well I'll get me a ticket, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your take on the... Um, the literary landscape of New Zealand at the moment in terms of our upcoming Māori writers? and I am sort of asked that question without having really studied everything, but I, you know, I do try to keep up with what's being written by Māori, and I think um, it's all positive. Um, there are more writers coming on, although it seems quite slow to me, you know, mm. um, because there's been there've been workshops, there've been our own huia publishers, who who've done a lot of encouragement of writers and who run workshops and and have a mentoring scheme and so forth. So I think that's pretty positive. Kaitoa Patricia Grace, a recipient uh, of a tohu here at Te Wakatoe Awards. Thank you so much for your time. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora rawatu. Yeah. He ripato arai ki te rauna te nakau Koe i kare atu i kona i te tinana He ripato arai ki te rauna te nakau Koe i kare atu i kona i te tinana Yeah.